I'm sorry. Are we starting the show or what? Hello and welcome to episode number 27 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac where construction season is still going but it seems like at least it's a block or two away right now. One ringtone to rule them all, one app to find them, one notification to track their calls and with their data bind them in the land of Silicon Valley where the databases lie here on America's left coast where I'm Ryan Bemrose. Wow that was interesting yeah i just had to whip out some tolkien jc jr we are live and uh he's suggesting already that you seem pissy from the little pre-show line so i guess that's good you're in a good mood for a grumpy old ben show to bring us the dulcet tones and the angry ranting thoughts of sir ryan bemrose do i have to get angry for that i mean i can rant without being angry (laughs) well it's fun it's never really been a requirement well that is true and right off the top of the bat here, we wanted to talk a little bit about we got some response, which is good. I told Sir Bemrose a lot of times when you're doing podcasts and you throw something out there. We did the show number 26, the last show about the direction of where we were going. If people liked what we're doing, any ideas? I said, really, the death knell of most podcasts are you go and you ask for input and you get absolutely none. And that's always a bad sign. We got input. And that's a very good sign. And we can talk about a couple of those right off the bat here. And because uh, overall, I was surprised. People like Sir Bembrose's voice. I, I think, okay, I think one of my favorites actually was a, uh, a no, agenda, no Agenda Social toot from Black Six, which said uh, episode 26 of Grumpy Old Benz is the best yet because it's you riffing with no fixed subject. So maybe we should uh, start looking into. Uh, not having a subject more often. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to pay off in the long run, but I mean, we could become a hang podcast. You never know. Uh, he goes on to say, it's also the worst because Sir Bemrose sings. And I can promise you that <laughs> that is not going to happen in this episode unless I forget. Yeah, we really need to cut that into a no agenda show mix or something. So everybody that listens to this stream can hear you. I'm not going to say singing, but making noises resembling Yoko Ono in a blender is probably more accurate than singing but black six we get it we enjoy it and i don't think it has to necessarily be a hang podcast to walk into a grumpy old ben's without having the big topic like we're doing today again with otg i don't think we necessarily need one big topic just to talk about some of the stuff going on in the world and how people can use technology to mitigate how they can use technology to be a little bit safer how to use, um, you know, different tips and tricks that we've learned to exist on the internet without falling victim to a lot of things and without uh, inadvertently giving up every bit of data about your life. And that's one of the reasons OTG came around. And it was also suggested when we asked, hey, what you would be covering. And I was surprised we didn't cover OTG, but I think that's because I covered it on random thoughts and you did. And several of our early episodes were, were basically about the evils of Silicon Valley. We had the, uh, two different surveillance episodes, one online and one, well, the, 
the physical surveillance, not as much, but the online surveillance was definitely had a bunch of OTG tips on it. Uh, we had our cord cutting. We had, I mean, we've had a lot of anti-Silicon Valley ranting, but we never really brought it all together under the title of OTG. And I feel like, I mean, we can always go back to go back to the well and rant against Silicon Valley because it's one of my favorite things to hate on. Two really good points in the troll room available at noagendastream.com. JC Jr. asks, can anybody really do a podcast OTG? Yes. Kind of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind because of. You do not need to be connected to the world in order to listen to a podcast only to download it. And then if you do so with sufficient protection, you have to have a VPN and all anonymous cookies and all your browsing is in private mode and you have to put a condom on your head, then you can download the podcast and then you can listen to it in your remote cabin in the woods. Well, Sir Matthew says it should be a ham radio thing, but I've already asked that to Sir Bemrose and he has wants nothing to do with anything the government has to license you for. Which is an interesting way to look at ham. I do. I do think it is ironic to to see ham radio operators say, yeah, we're we're the ones, you know, when there's no government, when everything collapses, when, you know, when we need the revolution, when, you know, ham radio guys, we're the ones who are going to save the world. Right. Well, OK, that's fine, except that the the requirement to enter your club is that I have to go to my local government uh, the the local authoritarians over the airwaves and petition them please sir may i have a ham license and if if you're you can't even get that, a ham sandwich man i uh, it turkey is better <laughs> that is true there's <laughs> less piglet in your uh, sandwich much better and progo asks brandon kidwell who joined us for the crypto show asked if what does otg mean does it mean you can't track me or does it mean Fuck the Matrix, man. And that's one of the things we'll yeah, be covering today. That's one of the things I'd like to know about. So uh, we should talk about that. Uh, did we want to finish the feedback, though? Or did you want to just continue your spiel going right? In? I mean, it was a fantastic segue. Going no, we're right moving in. We're top. moving out. Okay. We're, we're, we're freaking and deacon going left and right. There was a guy named Dumpster that emailed both of us. And really, I have to say, I love the nickname Dumpster. It's, it's probably it's definitely more creative than Sir Bemrose. Well, that's true because that was just bestowed upon you by those at the no agenda show. So the, apparently he emailed us both, but we got different emails. So the one that I'm going to read, uh, he, he says some, some dirty lies about my voice. Uh, but aside from that, he says, uh, on the direction of the show for whatever my opinion is worth, I enjoy more technology oriented shows. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he says, it's grumpy old Ben's after all. My favorite segments on No Agenda are the OTG segments, and I started listening to grumpy old Ben's to get more of that content. So here you are. Here's some more of that content. So we're basically stepping on Adam Curry's beat. We're just making a whole show out of it rather than a segment. So we apologize to Adam. We've learned from him, and we're trying to pass, pass that genius and pass that knowledge on. Well, I don't think Adam has a, a monopoly on it. Plus the length of no agenda, his segments are the length of most shows. Well, that is, that is absolutely true. That's and the show is longer than most shows and they get a whole lot of stuff done, but we kind of realized that, I mean, there were a bunch of these big topics that we wanted to cover, but the tech thing is really, I think what interests me the most. I think you're interested in the stuff and you have 
a little bit more knowledge, having worked for the big evil Microsoft and knowing a little bit more about how all of this stuff works. And as you mentioned before, which will lead nicely into OTG is it's usually the guys that know how this stuff works, where the, with the rest of the world is going, Oh, this technology is great. It's going to make our life better. It's the guys yeah. who are actually coding it going, uh-uh, I don't want nothing to do with that. What's well, the difference? Like I've said before, it's the difference between a technology enthusiast and a, an actual dude named Ben. The way you tell the actual dude names Ben is that we know enough about the technology to know that we should be wary of it. That that we should, you know, a tech enthusiast is the one like, hey, new smartphone app, let me install it. New phone, let me go get it. New device, new gadget, new thing, let me jump after, run. And they have to have the newest thing and then they have to sign up for every single service and they have to run and give away all of their private data and let everything track them because technology, technology, I mean, it, they're, they're fetishists. Uh, whereas if you've actually worked in IT, you've seen the dark side of technology, you've probably had late nights tearing someone's hair out, hopefully not your own, uh, where you have had to deal with problems being caused by someone getting overzealous with technology and somewhere along the line you've went kind of you know thrown your hands up and went yeah okay i don't need everything here f this uh let's just you know let's go ahead and and objectively look at the technology that improves our lives and all the other stuff we'll let someone else deal with it well yes knowledge is power and before we jump fully into the show we do have two executive producers on the show let's do them right up front today since we talked about some other feedback and that because the best feedback we can get is a donation because even very little words there you don't need to say a whole lot that says you like what you're hearing on the show and big thanks to eric vm sir eric vm the valley's baron i don't know what valley or if that means the valley is barren, that the valley's barren. That could be taken in so many different ways when you hear it, but it's barren, B-A-R-O-N, of course, not barren, B-A-R-R-E-N, but, you know, audio, theater of the mind. You never know what was intended with that name. Thank you, Sir Eric VM. And again, we talked about it in the last show, but it wasn't kind of a real show. And that was from our buddy, ITMOMA, over in the No Agenda Troll Room. And he did correct me, though, and say this wasn't just a donation for grumpy old Ben's. He liked everything I was doing on the stream, including my other show and the the pre-streams and that. So basically, I think what he was saying was he likes me better than you. Well, little known fact is that uh, everything that Darren does on the stream is actually uh, my doing. Um, Darren would not have the greatness that he has. If it wasn't for me, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you, Oma, uh, Oma, and uh, and and I appreciate the support. I'm not even real. I am just a really well programmed AI. It's uh, one of those AIs that knows how to generate art, and because you're an AI, <laughs> uh, you can do one in about 30 seconds. So during the course of a No Agenda show, that's how you churn out 30 pieces per show. I did, I did less yesterday, but I had the winning piece because I knew immediately what had to be done and spent the time doing it. There are different ways to go about no agenda art, and that's another show entirely, but there are ways to do it and win in 5, 10, 15 seconds, and then sometimes it takes a little bit longer, kind of like a grumpy old Ben's episode. Sometimes more goes in 
than other shows to get what you need out the other end. And on today's show, I think we want to look at OTG from a couple of ways. One, is it even possible? Because I think we may have a little bit of a difference of opinion there. And then two, what can people do? What steps can be taken to try to get as OTG as off the grid as they can? I mean, it's a fairly simple concept when you look at the when you look at the origins of OTG, it was basically go live out in the middle of the woods, don't have a telephone line, don't have any way for anybody to know where you are. And the world has changed a little bit since that concept, right? Well, I think it depends on what what you define as OTG, but uh yes, back when back when there wasn't an internet, then then being on the grid meant that you were uh, accessible to society and you probably had a landline. And so, yeah, way back in the day, I think you're right that, that it meant getting away from the city, away from technology. Uh, nowadays, however, I think that the term is used uh, often enough to mean uh, just not being, well, the concept of on the grid has morphed a bit because it used to be that being connected meant that you were in the city. You were uh, people could knock on your door and say hi to you. Uh, people could call you on the landline phone. Uh, you know, the the cops could come and and locate you if they found that that bag of marijuana that I <laughs> don't know anything about. But it used to be that being connected just meant being in the city and being able to answer a, a landline phone. But nowadays being connected means you're, you're on your Insta and your Facebook 24 seven. And, and you've got your uh, Google maps open to, for driving directions down to the local supermarket. And you are uh, connected to Twitter 24 seven, because of course, you know, once people are on Twitter, they they've tuned their algos to the point where what you need is that IV drip of tweets going into your veins and and so otg really means um being connected to your social graph at all times of the day and for some people even when you're sleeping or that that's what being on the grid means so uh in that case for me trying to get off the grid the first thing that that is necessary is disconnect from some of the 24 seven connected activities that you're doing. And frankly, if you can just disconnect once in a while, you're already ahead of most of the people in, in the newer generations these days. Right. Cause there are people that are talking about having, including Adam Curry talking about the iPhone five with the app that goes on it, which basically kind of turns it into a pie hole. And that's kind of being partially considered off the grid even though you're obviously still connected because you still have well, a cell phone it's at least partially off the grid because they keep shutting off features right well that's the part part of off the grid now a feature by itself has it's morphed into i'm not being tracked as much as the next guy that is sadly what this has turned out to be which is i'm no longer being tracked mainly by advertisers but obviously by government agencies or just hackers who know how to use these uh, exploits that have come out, especially this latest one with the SIM jacker check out the last random thoughts on that one. Uh, there was somebody posting in the troll room the other day, a few of the very simple commands that just needed to be sent in 
to these cell phones to get the stuff done. And it's very concerning when you see exactly how easy it is for our privacy to be hijacked with these little devices that we're carrying around. But there's, I guess let's look at this from a few different vantage points. One is the cell phone that most people carry around. Even you who are a guy that doesn't like to be on the grid, you have a cell phone. I do have a cell phone. It is an Android. Uh, It is in fact a, a Samsung. And, and this is, I mean, for this, I hang my head in shame. However, I have to take offense at what you just said. I do not carry it around with me. Well, you have it with you at times because then otherwise you wouldn't have it at all. So you use it at times, not everywhere, but at times I have been known to use it. Uh, Okay. So first OTG tip, which is, is the thing I was getting at is uh, if you are going to the supermarket, if you are going out to put gas in your car, if you're uh, running a quick errand and you know that you're not going to need to take a call or a message or something, um, don't take your phone. I, I know that's a really wild concept and I know it's, it's, it's impossible to even conceive for the people who are 20 somethings these days who had cell phones when they were three and their parents, you know, said here, shut up, watch a video on this phone. And and they haven't let go of it since then. But um, trust me from somebody who is old enough to remember a time when there weren't cell phones everywhere. And in fact, when you went from place to place, you could use a landline at the beginning and you could use a landline at the end, but the entire travel time you were inaccessible. It is. You were off the grid. Yeah, we were off the grid. We went on long road trips and you know, the, the thing that I remember is uh, we would like, we do a, a, my grandma lived uh, 350 miles away. It was the other side of the state. And uh, we would basically call at the beginning, right before we left, say, okay, we're leaving now and we'll be there around 7.30 p.m. And bye, thanks. And then next contact that they would have was at 8.15 when we say, yeah, we ran into traffic around Portland. And people just accepted that. You didn't have to text every five minutes to say, yep, we're still on I-84. Yep, we're still going through trail yeah okay uh our situation has changed we've just gone two more mile posts you don't have to do that and and i know that's wild but i guess that's what my childhood was like and it was really weird to what was great in high school without a cell phone because you could just make up excuses when you were going to be fucking late and your parents oh, would have no that. way to check yeah, we did <laughs> there that. was no way to- People had you to know, trust each other. Nobody, nobody was able to, tr- nobody was able to pull up my location history off my phone. Yes. With, with that said, kids are getting smarter. My buddy, Frank, his uh, kids, uh, I think we've talked about it in one of the shows. He, him and his kids have a great relationship. They tell him everything. And one of the kids told him that, yeah, that it's pretty, it's pretty common. There's a popular ice cream shop that's been around, you know, 50 more, maybe even more years in the area that the kids go and hang out at and the kids have gotten smart enough to know if they just leave their phones in the car at the ice cream shop, then they can go somewhere else and go bang. And the parents are just looking at the GPS and going, Oh, look, they're at the ice cream shop. (laughs) So kids are getting smarter, but yeah, when we are adaptable, (laughs) when we were in high school, yes. If you were going to be late, your parents couldn't text you. They couldn't call you and be like, where are you? You just got yelled at 
when you got home or if you had a really good story, then maybe you could get away with being an hour or two hours late. Cause you know, back then it was like, Oh yeah, I had a flat tire or the car wouldn't start or whatever it was. You know, there were, there were excuses to be made, which are now gone when it comes to the little tracking devices. So it's great. I get it from a parental standpoint. You, although I think it gives you more of a false sense of security, as I said, that you know where your kids are, because if they're trying to deceive you, it's a little bit harder with Apple in their closed down ecosystem, but the phone still can be jailbroke. And we had a question from, I think, Sir Matthew in the room, whether Adam Curry's thing needed a jailbreak. I don't believe so, but we can look a little bit further into it. I don't think you needed the jailbreak. I don't, I, I think I don't you just remember hearing Adam talk about jailbreaking. Uh, we no, I think a, it was just downloading. We had a comment but with from, that said, from the troll room, uh, Progo says, uh, Scott Adams app WinHub will do that for you. Your host can watch as you approach if you enable it. I think you're missing my point, Progo. <laughs> but I, I think he, he's intentionally missing the point. He's pointing out that people can do that. Yes. Uh, but we'll get to apps later. I, I just. To, to conclude my thought, or at least reiterate, um, your world will not come crashing down if you leave your phone at home. You mentioned leaving the phone in the car or whatever. You know, if my parents had that tracking app and they were tracking me right now, uh, well, first of all, I'd be like, okay, mom, I'm a grown adult. What the fuck? But um, it, they would, for for most of my day, when I go out on uh, on a long walk or I go out and run errands, they would be like, why is it that you spend all day at home? You never leave the house. Well, because my phone never leaves my desk. It makes it a little harder to track you. And yes, jailbreaking is still around. You can do it on the Android phones. You can do it on Apple. The other, the one of the other day I saw, there was one of the latest Apple updates took away one of the things they put in to stop the jailbreak. So for a while, there was the ability to jailbreak your Apple devices again. But with that said, there are, and I don't think any of these apps have ever shown up for non jailbroken devices, jailbreak, jailbroken devices, I guess you would say, that uh, allow jail, you jailbroken. That sounds yes. perfect. That there are apps once you have the phone unlocked, let's say, that lets you fake your GPS, which is also genius for kids because, like you said, if you're supposed to be going to the movies at home or whatever, you could just be doing whatever you want and just program the phone to show your GPS location moving. So parents, if you think you got your kids locked down, ask yourself, do they know more about technology than you? If the answer to that question is yes, <laughs> they're probably snowing you. <laughs> they're using when we were younger, that was a guaranteed. <laughs> yes. When, and I think it's we, getting worse. Yeah. When the, the parents were the ones who went and got a brand new computer and then the kids were the ones who showed the parents how to do it. That was, which is why everybody laughed when all of these programs came out to protect your children. We'll lock your computer down from accessing certain websites. Right. Name uh, one kid that didn't know how to get around those. Well, nanny guards, because, because most of those kids are the ones who had to install it. Right. Can you install this? So you can't go look at porn. Sure, yeah, mom. No, I'll no do problem. that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, no, I'm sorry. It didn't come with an admin password. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, no idea whatsoever. But here's the question for you, because this is something that I've thought about a little bit when it comes to these cell phones, even if you're not carrying this around with you. So your cell phone, let's say it's sitting in front of you on the desk right now as you're doing this yeah, podcast or doing whatever you're doing. Yes, the phone is sitting there and you put next to it 
one of the Amazon devices and you put next to it one of the Google devices. Is there well, any all, difference between these three? Happens, I have to leave the room. That would be good. There's but let's no just way. pretend that's there. Let's pretend those three are there. Tell me the ah, difference ah, between the three. No, hey, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you asked me. Okay, Yoko. There. But pretend the three of them there are there and tell me the difference between the three, because I don't see much of a difference, if any, between what these things can do if they're in the room with you. And a lot of people act like these, the Amazon and Google devices are so much worse. I don't see them as anything but a cell phone that doesn't move. And tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, With the cell phone, when you dial a number, you can still imagine that there's a human being on the other end. Now, that may or may not be true. But, but uh, ostensibly, uh, the cell phone actually is supposed to put you in contact with other human beings. Um, in fact, right. But let's forget models. about the fact that it makes phone calls when it's sitting there. It's just listening to you like these other two devices are. Well, I think that's all what the I'm time getting at, though, is that the the cell phone has it, it is. Well, I mean, it's a computer. It's it's a general purpose computer, and it certainly can have. It has the devices, and it can have the software, and probably does, to do exactly what the the little you know NSA pucks do. But it has other purposes because it's a general purpose computer, and because it's a communication device. Uh, if if my cell phone didn't allow me to make actual contact with actual human beings. I wouldn't have it at all. Or, or if I had it, it would be just off in a drawer permanently because but it's really not that different because even the Amazon devices, and I'm not sure if the Google ones do, I would assume they would. I've never tried it, but they have Google voice with Amazon. I can tell it to make a phone call and it will connect me through the tube. So I'm assuming the Google device does too. So really, how is this different than the phone from a privacy standpoint? In that case, it's portable. That's it, right? It's exactly the same. You take the phone with you. Uh, so that but, you can be, which is even worse on your house, <laughs> right? So the phone is actually way worse than those NSA pucks, right? Because it's the same technology, but you bring it with you wherever you go. I mean, there's also the psychology around it. Like the fact that you get a phone because you want to communicate with people, uh, or, or at least participate in the world. Whereas, uh, you get, uh, uh, NSA device so that you can, uh, get away from people so that you don't have to leave the house. You don't even have to talk to a person in order to order a a bag of Cheerios. You, in fact, if you're using the, the talking tube device correctly, um, you actually sort of are going off the grid in, in the perspective of you're eschewing all human contact and instead talking to this AI who can give you everything that you need. And then it's writing, writing down everything that you say so that that can be used against you in 30 years when you try to run for office. Well, it's definitely logging everything that is said with the keywords. And as we've learned with the SIM jacker thing, the concept that these tubes are really bad because somebody might be able to hack into them to listen to what you're saying. And this is something that's happened with some of the nest gear i've never seen uh, anything that uh, would say that this has happened with the amazon or the google tubes but it's happened with the nest stuff but we know with this latest sim jacker vulnerability with the cell phones this has been going uh happening in a large scale over the past two years with people of cell phones running all types of 
operating systems on there. So I would make the case, and not that it means a whole lot, that the cell phones are the worst offenders when it comes to privacy than the tubes. But people talk about the tubes like that. They're so much worse. And I know there's a lot of people who will spew how stupid people are to have these tubes as their cell phone sits in front of them everywhere they go. I just don't see the difference. If you hate the tubes, you got to get rid of the cell phone too. Well, listen, I wouldn't be arguing with you if it weren't really kind of the whole point of the show, but the one I I just, and why do you argue with me the other six days a week? Because I feel like you're, I mean, because you always (laughs) record shit and you might turn it into a show anyway. You never know. Um, That's true. So I did come up with uh, uh, an answer to your question, but I also came up with another big difference between the phone and the talking tube, which is probably one of my main reasons why I'm willing to do one, but the other, um, but first of all, to answer your question, uh, why do people put up with the phones even when they don't put up with the little talking device? Um, this might be purely psychological, but the reason is that the phone has other uses and is made for the purpose of other things. Whereas the talking tube is literally it exists for the purpose of listening to you. That's, that's what it does. And so uh, you don't, with the right software, either one of them could listen to everything you say, mark it down and then, you know, send you a a bag of beetroot or something. But right. But I disagree. I think they do exactly the same thing in the fact that they will get you data well, that may be true, but they are exactly the same thing. And if you, the only way to really make this argument, if somebody like, uh, well, Adam Curry used to have used the phone, uh, Brandon Kidwell's using the phone now, the Kyocera, I forget the model name, but it's a, a basically a flip phone that has some internet access, but it's really not a smartphone. If you're carrying that around, then I understand when you would say the tubes are worse. But otherwise, all of these smartphones, which is what 99% of the people in this country at least carry, it's really just a talking tube that you're carrying around with you that also has a camera on it. So don't point it at your bed when you and your wife, girlfriend, sister, well, brother, the whatever. Camera has a hard kill switch. It's a piece of tape. <laughs> so the Dvorak I, method. Yeah. yeah uh, get I, a well, sticky I, note. I have a laptop that has had a piece of duct tape over the camera forever. <laughs> the Kyocera cadence have that uh okay i'm gonna let you get into your your anti-smartphone rant i think you're onto something here but i did want to bring up one other reason why uh i think that the phones are more useful than the little talking pucks and uh apparently somebody in the chat room thought i said it was a talking fuck and it might be no <laughs> oh a pox okay um but my phone has a screen and that's kind of useful. The only thing that the Amazon NSA device or the Google NSA device has that I'm aware of is they are voice controlled. They are voice activated. Uh, ever since the 1990s, we have been been promised you will have voice operated computers. And it, it goes back to our Star Trek episode where you know Star Trek was really, really good at predicting future technologies. but I think we we discussed that a lot of those might simply be that the people who generate these new technologies are Star Trek fans. And so, you know, we the first phones that the first cell phones that we made that that we could fit in a pocket were flip phones. Why? Because they look like Star Trek communicators. Then after a while, we went, you know, these designs actually are crap and the hinge falls apart and and you can't hammer nails with them. So let's 
go to something else. So people tried to make shit look like Star Trek and then didn't do it because they're like, oh, actually, this isn't ideal. Well, another thing that Star Trek has been pushing for every Star Trek series ever is the idea that, uh, you know, computer interfaces are there's no icons, there's no text on them. There's just big, colorful blocks because that's what the the set department could make easily and the actual computer interface is you talk to the computer and you know putting aside the the there are some serious logistical issues with that like uh like response time trying to use words to phrase the command that you want when uh a, a decent typist can enter the same command in a quarter of the time uh but even putting aside that um how often do you like to sit in an empty room and talk to a a a, a non-human device uh, well as someone that lost vision in one eye uh, i've been thinking about that a lot more and the fact that it can do things like adjust yeah, your thermostat which is something you can't see right and well you said it had a screen and you went on a long rant and long before i could tell you that you were wrong dc girl in the chat room has been correcting you that all of these devices now offer versions that have screens so they're really like your phone the amazon devices they have screens facebook devices have screens the google home stuff has screens so it's the same damn thing just without your cellular modem in there which is we know now from simjacker the 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 wired devices might be way more secure than those little things that you're carrying around with them but it's basically they're the same devices you just get to talk to one or you have to type in the other or use a touchscreen and stuff like that. So I think the technology is about the same. And I'm not sure 100% if they're 100% good or if they're 100% bad. Because looking at these things, I do believe that the average person using one of these Amazon devices or these Google devices, as of yet, nobody has proven that they're listening above and beyond what they're supposed to be listening to nobody's come out and said hey we've proven that amazon is getting all of this audio that is coming through even if you don't use the keyword i understand it catches a lot of stuff with the keyword or maybe it misunderstands the keyword i think every female out there wait i'm sorry i'm gendering people i believe that every human out there with the name alexa should sue amazon up the butt because that just screwed their life so much with this device. But as of yet, nobody has proven that these things are going way above and beyond with the spying. Do I realize that the possibility is there? I do. And I understand this can be misused and it's a very scary thing. But some of the other stuff we're going to talk about here in the show today. I understand why you're defending these devices. I'm only defending them in the sense that the, let's just put it this way. Spy device lover. There was a story today that I read that Home Depot and Lowe's have been tracking people's faces when they walk into the store and they've been sharing this information with other stores. The so your facial, your privacy right there out the window, you go out the door an Amazon camera is picking you up. You drive down the street, you have cameras picking up your license plate, which there's databases which can follow people in real time where the license plate has been seen. So it's getting to the point to where are these, these devices, it's horrible all the way around, but how do we shut all of that stuff down? That's, I guess, my question on it. And I see there are uses for these talking tubes, again, for the visually impaired. Maybe everybody else shouldn't be using them, 
But for people that, again, can't see a thermostat, you can say, hey, set the thermostat to X amount of degrees. You need to make a phone call. You need to, you want to put music on. Well, it's kind of hard to tell which album is which if you can't see. So being able to tell a device, hey, play a little Sinatra, I think is useful. I think there are uses for it. I do understand they can be misused, but when the worst offender is the thing everybody carries around with them in the cell phone, are you going to get people to stop using these things? Well, I, I don't, I have absolutely no intention of trying to get people to stop using those things. I might as well try to convince people to stop breathing. That's well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, this is, I, I cannot, I cannot control the behavior of anybody who listens to this show, let alone the people who don't. The only behavior I can control is my own. And I tell you what, uh, when I am out getting groceries or doing stuff and I look at, you know, other people at the, at the gas pumps nest next to me who are complete zombies staring at their phone, uh, only a couple feet from a thing generating gasoline vapor, not mm, pointing that out. Um, <laughs> Electrical sparks and gasoline is, vapor. Yay. Is a, there's a peace of mind when I sit here and go, you know, I, I'm, I'm not that tied in. <laughs> so the, the only person whose behavior I can really fix is myself. Uh, <sighs> You, you brought up a, a good point about the screens, which I, I think that we should definitely talk about on our accessibility show if we ever do one, because uh, you and I, uh, although we are uh, completely chock full of privilege, having you know pale skin and penises, uh, we both have particular accessibility issues when it comes to sight, which I think is, is definitely an interesting topic. Um, however, I... If if your eyes work correctly, then I reject the notion that uh, talking to a computer is in any way superior to looking at a screen and manipulating uh, an array of buttons or even touching the screen because uh, talking to a computer is just inefficient. Uh, and more importantly, I even back in the, the 90s when voice recognition software was absolutely shitty, but everybody kept trying to push it on the newest device. I kept looking at this going, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy who's just standing there talking to a wall. Uh, <laughs> and if you're in an empty room, it's easy enough to get over your embarrassment. Hey, nobody saw, but if you're, if you're in like, imagine a computer lab where every computer was uh, a voice interface. It wouldn't work. Well, that would get messy quick. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. It can't happen. <laughs> well, unless the technology gets so good, they could differentiate one voice pattern from another. Which well, Maybe the computers can figure out which voice is yours. But when you hear 75 voices or, or 75 <laughs> computer voices with 75 human voices adding to the din, are you going to be able to tell what the hell's going on? 7,000 computerized devices all singing Bohemian Rhapsody in unison. That would be a glorious thing out there of uh, it's a couple years old now, but it was of somebody installing uh, an entire classroom full of laptops on Windows 10. And so what you have to do is you have to, you know, you do like a network install, but you have to start the install, move to the next computer, start the install, move to the next computer and so on. And you've got an entire bank of computers uh, that are all running through the install step. And I don't know when the last time you installed windows 10 was, but there is a point when it reaches the, the I've installed and now need user interaction where 
Windows 10, actually, I'm not even certain it does this anymore, but at least back then, Windows 10 would do the following. It jacks your volume up to maximum, and then Cortana comes up, the very soothing, grating female voice. Hi, I'm Cortana. Welcome to Windows 10. And the creepiest fucking thing ever is an entire computer lab of those things staggered a second or two apart, each computer joining in the chorus. That is what I imagine a a world in which everybody uses voice activation or only voice to interact is like. Well, and that's why I turn Cortana off anytime I get a new Windows 10 machine. That's like the first thing immediately because I want nothing to do with that on my desktop or my laptop. And so I'm with you there, but I don't think any of that has anything to do with a privacy issue as more as it's just a, a real pain in the ass. So no, I, no, I of really off topic. The, well, of course, that's, if, if Sir Pembrose brings it up, it's probably off topic. But you're, I think the one thing you point out that in your home, I think we can agree on this in your own house is the only place you can ever feel even remotely off the grid. If you're not out in the middle of the wilderness, in the desert, in the woods somewhere, if you're anywhere other humans are, you have absolutely zero chance of being off the grid. You have virtually zero chance of having any privacy. Do we agree about that? I, it's possible. Um, but no, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to come up with ways of not agreeing with you, but I really don't have anything right now. So go ahead. <laughs> every, every now and then you have to agree because every now and then I'm right. But so if you're in your own home, there are certain things you can do if you really want to be off the grid. If you're considering that you're off the grid, there are certain things you can do in your home. And I think you have to follow some very simple stuff. And that would be to not have any of these talking tubes because that will put you on the grid no matter what. Yes. You can't have a cell phone in your home. That's also putting you on the grid, whether you like it or not. I I mean, you know, everything is, is layers of risk, but there is a type of cell phone that is probably not compromising you. And, and that is a cell phone that's off. Mostly true. But if there's a battery in it, some of them are still getting a trickle charge and still able to send data back to the mothership but i mean that's a you'd have to go on well, a phone again, by phone basis i'm sure has nobody has proven that they do this uh which right you, you know is is what you brought up with the talking tubes earlier and uh of course it's it's pretty much not possible to prove a negative uh so uh, uh even if and even if somebody could come up with some form of evidence i'm not sure what ev- form that evidence would take that these things are not currently sending back any more data then they say they will uh you in order to continue operating on that as an assumption you have to a trust the company will not violate what they've said and b you have to fully understand the terms of service under which the company is operating which let me tell you uh, there are advanced AIs at universities that cannot fully understand some of these terms of service. <laughs> Which is really, you're going to have to understand the terms of service. You're going to have to put your trust in somebody if you're going to do some of the things that we're going to suggest for being off the grid. Because let's be honest, you can help your case 
you can mitigate, you can put a few things in between you, even between you and the talking tubes, because they both, whether it doesn't matter whether you're dealing with one of these Google devices or the Amazon, both of them want you to register the devices. The Amazon ones probably make this a little bit harder to get away with anonymously because that's just the way it is. If you're attaching it to an Amazon account, I think they've kind of forced you to have a credit card and that, and that makes well, it again, making, tougher if you're making purchases on it. <laughs> well, I think even to set up know a, where to send it. Right. Well, and that is part of the deal. Although I believe you can probably still get around this using uh, prepaid cards, because here's the thing I would suggest. If you want to use these and talking devices, box. And a P, well, even that, the P.O. boxes are no longer really good at hiding identity. The only, I mean, you, if you get, if you can go with like a third party and maybe I'm not even sure you like, you know, the UPS store, there's other places like that that have mailboxes. You almost yeah. need to find like a shady place or use a fake address or, or something, because I don't know if any of these places uh, have any way to confirm a physical address right now but the thing that i would suggest if you want to use by the way here's my my local safeway it's just on the dropbox thing my local safeway has uh right out front there is a row of uh lockers that uh, they're they're branded amazon and uh it is amazon drop boxes where they will deliver to this thing and then you can come to your local safeway which would be really cool for an anonymity except that you can't sign up for one of those without anonymously physical address hit right that is only there for your convenience of course so your packages don't get stolen if you live in a janky neighborhood or yes. people are stealing products off of your front porch but and, and you haven't the google and attack wild boar to right take on porch pirates yes which would help i would i would definitely recommend an attack wild boar but then it really wouldn't be wild but you know hey if you can teach it to attack that everybody but you that that'll work but you can run these things through a vpn which is at the very basic uh the only thing i think you can really do if you're going to communicate out of your house is send all of your internet traffic through a vpn with <clears throat> the very big caveat that you then have to trust the vpn and i think there are some really good vpns out there i think there are some trustworthy vpns out there i know there's a whole lot of untrustworthy vpns so you really do need to do your homework to have a uh, you know basically the vpn acts as your man in the middle so if you're using your talking tube the data isn't going directly from your house to amazon it's going from your house through the virtual private network to you, Amazon. You route your talking tube through the VPN. I'm going to route it through my fucking pie hole. <laughs> but the pie hole, your IP address is still there. So your the end result oh, is they know exactly who you are. The, the pie hole exists to block contact and all that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Well uh, then you could just unplug it. You're not being helpful. This is another case of unhelpful Bemrose. Well, uh <laughs> to be honest, the pie hole would help in my house because I'm not the person who has control over whether or not that thing is plugged in in this house. I can only, I can only bitch enough that it's relegated to the back bedroom where I can refuse to talk. Which I do find interesting. Yes. That uh, Dame now, Bemrose has one I of these evil to, tubes. If I were to configure the pie hole, I could checkmate over the device and possibly also my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, Dame Bemrose. I had nothing to do with this. Don't yell at me. However, the, uh, I think we, we've been dancing around the, the, the core issue with regards to all of these services and devices is we're, we're talking about technological means of, of trying to control them or, or at least make them, you know, have introduce more predictability and more controllability into what an electronic device does. But at the root of the issue, uh, ultimately anything that you do online short of the, the the semi-nuclear option of going out and living in a cabin in the woods uh everything you do is going to be a question about who you trust that's that's really the everything that you do online you can't you can't really control the devices you can't really control your smartphone although there's an amazing amount of things that you can do to to affect whether or not they are you know how, how much they're doing um but it's really about who you trust. Uh, if you implicitly trust Amazon, then you can totally, you know, have the Alexa keyword in your house. Uh, did I, did I just trigger somebody's Alexa device? No. Alexa, buy a box of condoms. Everybody's listening. Extra small. (laughs) Yes. Uh, but if you, don't trust Amazon is going to do what they're doing. You need to not participate. If you do trust Amazon is going to do what they say they're going to do, then you can go ahead and use the device. So trying to control your OTG footprint is as much about determining which groups, companies, services that you're willing to trust as it is about trying to technologically secure your devices because if the, if the, first of all if the companies are trustworthy the devices tend to be pretty secure out of the box uh there's it, it is always possible to screw up your security so that a third-party hacker can get in and and there's certainly a lot of devices like the the very hackable iot light bulbs out there uh that have uh, an unchangeable admin password uh there's certainly some <laughs> some problems with that, that, that you need some technological wizardry to make yourself secure. But for the most part, companies like Amazon and Google, they are pretty damn good about securing you against the, the third party hackers, securing you against outside threats. And then you just have to sit there and accept that if you're going to work with them, the threat is going to come from Amazon or Google or Facebook or Microsoft. and. I mean, if you trust them, then honestly, uh, there's nothing I can do for you. And, and I don't want to be in the same room as you, but if you don't trust them, it's, it's not about trying to secure the talking tube. It's about trying to determine how you can live your life without it. Right. Which is the only way to be fully off the grid. It's the only way to not be tracked at all. And all you can do is if you're using these devices is understand the capabilities of what they can do. Uh, as I said, as of right now, I don't think these devices out of the box are doing nefarious things. But as we've already seen with the cell phones and the SIM jacker thing, especially the most recent thing, how really insecure these things are. And as you, we get more and more devices that want to talk to the Internet, I think this is one of the reasons why if you really want to be secure and a lot of people will think it's going overboard. But what you want to do is go out get a second router 
or have, you know, at least there are some of these routers now that have the technology to where you can set up multiple networks on them. And if you can find one that can set up multiple networks and run one through a VPN all the time, do that. Otherwise, go out and get a cheap router, have it on a completely different um, network than everything else in your houses, because that's, again, how a lot of these things have a security hole in them. We talked about, I think it was on one of the episodes of Grumpy Old Ben's, or maybe it was a random thoughts that the Las Vegas casino that got hacked, their, the list of their biggest spenders, their whale list was compromised. It was stolen because they got a fish tank in the lobby that had a computerized control in order to do whatever you do with fish tanks, you know, make sure the water chemistry is right, maybe feed the fish, do whatever it had to do. Well, the network that they put the fish tank on just happened to be the back office network, not the public network. And that's how they got hacked. Their the whale list was stolen. So even at your home for these devices that really need to phone home, but you don't want them to get access to your whole network, go out, get a secondary wireless router. They're cheap, you know, for the ones that aren't the best in the world, but will do what your internet of things devices need. Buy that second router, set that router up to always use something like a VPN. And when that's being going through a VPN, at least your exact footprint, your exact IP address, at least that is a little bit safer. So that's one thing you can do using a VPN for those devices and separating them. Because really, there's no reason your security camera that's pointing outside or that you're watching off the internet needs to be on the same network that all of your other stuff is. I mean, there's something to, you know, just kind of sit down and look at everything. Ask yourself what you don't want to get into, you know, wouldn't want to get into the wrong hands, all of your financial documents and all that and separate them. And all of, you know, really, if you're using keeping your fish tank. Right. And if your list, you know, if you're using, you know, light bulbs that are Wi-Fi, maybe you want those to be on a different Wi-Fi network than I'm just saying if there's any whales at all, it's a very big fish tank. Yes. Different kind of whales. They're the ones that spend a lot of money in Vegas. They're the ones, you know, if they're not you and me, because the Vegas, the casino as of yet hasn't offered to send a private jet to fly me out. I've studied statistics enough that, that I don't go gambling in casinos. You gamble elsewhere? You run your own casino? Because that's really the way to win. I do connect to the internet with an Amazon device in my house. That's how I gamble. (laughs) And you realize that this Amazon device, I don't care how far that thing is away from you right now. It can hear you. It can understand you. I Do you hit the mute there button? Are, there are, there is a device only a couple inches away from my face that is listening to everything I say right now. Is it a microphone that's hooked up to yes. USB, which is hooked up to a thing called Zencaster, which is hooked up to me, which is going out to the no agenda stream live and will be recorded to be released for thousands of people to consume. I'm just saying that I am getting the eerie feeling that people are listening to me right now and it's, <laughs> <You're> doing- <laughs> it's disconcerting. If you're doing a podcast and you get the feeling that nobody is listening to you, that's normal. Well, it's, that's, it's very that's, rare. <laughs> that's most podcasts, to be honest. Yes, it's very rare to be doing a podcast with people actually listening to you. So we always appreciate those that do and give us their time to listen to the show. But that a VPN, and I will say the only VPNs I've tested recently are NordVPN and Mulvad. I liked both of them for different reasons. Nord is very 
cheap when it comes down to it. If you buy like the three year plan, it was like three bucks a month. The Mulvat only goes month to month and it's five bucks a month. So if you just want to test a VPN, get in and out real quick and easy. Mulvad, the one thing I liked was they never even want your email address. They don't want any information about you. Again, with this said, every time you connect to a VPN, understand your IP address is going to them. And there's something involved in that, that if they, you know, if they decide that they do want to give this information to the authorities or whoever, that's a big way of like, like, deciding, you know, like we said, uh, everything that you do is either you say, fuck it, throw your hands up and don't connect to anything or you decide who you want to trust. And right. Uh, and the if, one, if you do not fully trust a VPN, then don't use them. That's there is no middle ground there. Because there are ways to pay for both NordVPN and Mulvad that are completely untrackable. I found that it was a little bit harder with Nord, but the weird thing was because I was like, I'm like, you know what? I understand that when I use these services, they get my IP address. So being able to tie them to a payment method is not a huge thing you know it's i was trying to be anonymous you go have with everything you do if you're trying to do this just as a um a study and if you can do it or not which is oh my god how can i pay for nord completely anonymously because you can pay obviously with a credit card or paypal and that's very easy to track you but i found that nord also takes the it was very hard to get them there was no um what do you call these the temporary credit cards none of those seem to work I think that's because you need a zip code and stuff attached to those. I found those to be unreliable, but the one thing I found to work with NordVPN was CVS pharmacy gift cards. And I don't understand the scam. I don't understand how it works. There was no added percentage above and beyond what they normally charge. So if it was 75 bucks for your three years of Nord and you go over to CVS and buy a $75 gift card, with cash and then go punch that in and buy the Nord VPN account for 75 bucks. It took it very weird. Don't understand how that works even better though. If you want to be completely anonymous, although, you know, you've got to be careful then with all those like fingerprints and stuff. Mulvad will allow you to send in cash in the mail, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And they, they go through the whole point on their website that, once they do get cash, they shred the envelope that it came in just so that can't even be tracked. So they're trying, but uh, I think that's more of a, uh, you know, that, that looks good more have, than actually being. About the, the yes. CVS gift cards. Uh, uh-huh. It's clear that who, who uh, this is my hypothesis. Whoever runs this has a CVS nearby um, and they know that they can get all of their needs there. They have drugs, they have a <laughs> snack section, they even have liquor, at least at the one near me. So, uh, I mean, all the basic human necessities are covered. So maybe this is just run by a dude in his basement who is actually off the grid. <laughs> and therefore, they need, to, uh, they need to come up with a way to get the basic necessities of life without uh, having to uh, give up everything. So CVS gift cards are, are a great way to cover all of your n- needs. And here's the thing that makes CVS the perfect choice for that. And that is if you live in say a Northern country like Nord, um, you're going to need to be able to heat during the winter. 
And uh, CVS is a perfect place for that because every time you buy a 25 cent stick of gum, they give you three trees worth of receipts and you can burn those for heat. (laughs) Well, I hate to tell you, but NordVPN, I know it sounds very Nordic based in Panama. Well, that's a northern country. And not really a chilly country, though. And DC Girl, yes, all of these places do take Bitcoin, at least for what I found, NordVPN and Mulved. Uh, For me, getting Bitcoin was even harder than getting a a CVS gift certificate because for the longest time, I didn't want a, um, what do you call it? The bank, your uh, ATM cards. I didn't need an ATM card from my bank. They're evil. They're worse than credit cards because if you get, you know, if that number gets compromised, the money disappears from your checking account, then that's a real pain in the ass. And the Coinbase, which is a company I use to have very little Bitcoin, you need to have an ATM card and they don't allow credit cards anymore and they'll do bank transfers, but that'll take like 10 days. And I'm like, well, I want to buy my Nord VPN now. So yeah, I guess I could, I could get a little Bitcoin and let it sit there. But I don't think as we've talked about in the crypto episode with Brendan Kidwell, AKA Progo, um, Bitcoin, not really anonymous at its very heart. Bitcoin is very trackable. And once your Bitcoin wallet is out there, in this case, my Bitcoin wallet is visible on grumpyoldbenz.com. You can get the number. You can send us Bitcoin if you want to. And that's attached to any transaction. So you, you not really anonymous to confirm the balance, which is significantly lower than it should be. Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean, there are some of these other gift cards. I tried the Visa gift card, but it, it didn't want to go through, which is interesting. Just like the, I think we talked about one of the other episodes, the Comcast Xfinity, when we signed up for the mobile phones, they sent me a couple of Visa, what they called Visa gift cards. And I tried to use them places that just didn't want to take them. These temporary cards are not as easy to use as you would think, but here's a pro tip. If you get one of these prepaid Visa cards from somebody like like Xfinity, you if you have a Square account, Square will be more than happy to convert that into cash for the 2% or whatever your normal rate is to process a payment through Square and you can just have the cash put into your bank account. And that's a plus. Your microphone came out. I thought you had something to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it wasn't my microphone. It was locally muted. That was exciting. Uh, I I still don't understand this whole technology thing. Uh, wait, know, wait. I, you're the dude named Ben, and you don't understand this whole technology thing? No, no. The, a common mistake. I am the dude named Bem. Oh, B-E-M. I get it. Yeah. Which part don't you get? I I... No, I'm I'm good. I I was enthralled by your your monologue there. Um I I think that uh the the online payment aspect is uh I mean the these are some pretty good advi- uh, tips. Um I don't know. I mean, how do they tie into OTG per se? Did you say? Well, it's being able to you're going to get it buy into this VPN and you're still going to be able to be tracked because you have to make a payment and that payment is Oh, you're under the guise of anonymous payment, how to pay for a VPN, right? And theft of service or anything anonymously. What, what about what? what, Well, what, what, I mean, you know, if paying for a VPN is so difficult, let me, uh, you know, go ahead and be naive for a moment. What about free VPNs? (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, never use a free VPN. And oh my God, you just read, go to sites like hackernews.com 
and read some of the horror stories because as we've talked about before with hacker news i should listen to grumpy old ben's to find out uh, why yeah but we're not going to talk about the whole i mean there's you could read for days about the things that have happened with free vpns as we've talked about though previously anything online if it's free you're the product just remember that if it's a free vpn all your traffic is now being tracked by somebody and you are now another point of data in a great big system and they're monetizing your data so you really just get to choose who monetizes your data you hope with a good vpn which i've never run into any of them that are free that are good that aren't either just outright trying to steal your identity outright trying to get all the data they can about you the ones that you pay for hopefully are doing none of that and this can go into things too like the services like proton mail for email this is again the difference between the free version you know that you can get at google and something like proton mail is the same thing between a free vpn and the vpns you pay for they look like they're doing the same thing but if it's a free vpn you only have to ask yourself how are they making money and if you can't come up with a reason on how, or a solution on how they're making money without screwing the consumer then let me know because I don't believe that's possible. And since the theme of this episode seems to be deciding who to trust, uh, the recommendation from Darren O'Neill, someone you should trust, is that uh, free VPNs are out. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. And going outside is out. This is the thing that worries me. And this is kind of the concept I took in the OTG episode I did over at Random Thoughts is since you're being tracked absolutely everywhere and you have no control over that anymore it's a much bigger problem than most people realize and i really i think that a lot of these things the talking tubes and even the cell phones i think are a lot less nefarious than all of the cameras that are tracking license plates all of the locations that are facial recognition tracking you the minute you walk in the door and there's almost no place that you can go especially living in a city like chicago there's a lot of cameras around the ring doorbells have added to this i mean if you really wanted to i want to know up and down my street i don't know how many ring doorbells there are. i haven't gone door to door to look but i guarantee you there are some which i realize that when i leave my house i can go either way down my street to get out of the you know out of the little subdivision here but i guarantee you Either way, there's a ring doorbell watching. So how do I leave my house and get out of my neighborhood without being tracked, without somebody seeing it? Paintballs. <laughs> Go after those. That would be a good idea. That sounds like vandalism, but. Uh, it does. But at the same time, you know, there's there's certain things where if if somebody is. Well, let's just say when when somebody is tracking you with a ring doorbell, you are free to vandalize that and you can use the excuse they started it. Yes, they took my freedom. I took their yes. I took their so, little keypad. <laughs> so, now that we are uh we're we're a little more than an hour in, I think uh I think now might be a good time now that uh all of the completely paranoid tinfoil hat people are completely enthralled with our or go live in a woods and stay off the internet uh, methods. Uh, and, and we've successfully driven away all the people who are reasonable to be like, these guys are crackpots. I think now is probably a good time that we, we start to acknowledge uh, most people 
they're not going to give up their cell phones. They're not going to give up their internet and they're certainly not going to, you know, go off and live in the woods. In fact, for, for most people, there aren't deep enough woods nearby. I mean, you, you can always be found. Uh, so what are some actual tips for somebody who is going to live with their smartphone? They're going to carry this thing around. They're going to live with their, uh, well, uh, uh, not, not with a talking tube. Cause frankly, if you have one of those, there's no hope for you. Uh, but if you have a cell phone, there's no hope for you. Uh, yes. But there are a lot of people out there who are, uh, hopefully attached to their cell phones. I mean, the, the things are addictive. How do you know? Even I have one and I hate the damn thing, but it exists. So any tips for how to make it so that your cell phone isn't quite as horrible for you? If we're just looking at cell phones, yeah, there's a few things that I would suggest. One, again, find a VPN that you can trust. And again, I get it. There are pitfalls to that if you make the wrong choice. But if you have a VPN that you trust, you can run all of your traffic through your smartphone, through the VPN, which makes you a lot less likely to get a man in the middle attack. It makes your information less likely to get uh, 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 sniffed when it's out there in the wild. It hides your IP address, but you also have to go the extra route because phones have these things in them that have GPS. And even if you don't have GPS, phones have Wi-Fi, which is almost as nefarious when it comes to your location as gps because there are databases i mean if i turn on a wi-fi device here in my house uh, a little bit less in the basement because you know we don't get the signals but if you're up on the main level of the house especially near the front window and you turn on a device and look at the amount of wi-fi hotspots that are around one it's scary how many hotspots there are at this point but they all have different names which yeah. means somebody else with a gps has seen those same Wi-Fi hotspots and has reported back the GPS. So even if you think you're smart and I turned off my GPS, but your Wi-Fi's on, they will triangulate fairly easily between either your cell signal or the Wi-Fi names that they're seeing and have a really good guess where you are, which is always amazing to me, like with my iPad, which has no GPS on it, has no cell, it they can tell you almost specifically where you are and it's not just wi-fi uh walking around with uh pretty much every radio that you leave on in your phone and, and there's quite a few of them uh is is a way that people can try to compromise you through your phone uh bluetooth is a yes. big one uh and uh I, I mean, let's just I say with that with bluetooth okay. if you're not using a bluetooth headset or something turn bluetooth off no it, just, it's more than that if you are not currently at this very moment using a bluetooth headset not not if you don't own one or anything like that it because because i don't i don't own any bluetooth devices i keep connected to my phone so that bluetooth is permanently off on my phone but even if you are the kind of person who uh absolutely has to listen to your bluetooth music in your car or your your air pins or whatever the the little things that you stick in your ear because uh, apparently modern phones aren't allowed to have a, a secure jack anymore. Um, so if you are not actively using Bluetooth at this very moment, you should have it off because I mean that you don't have to go very far to understand ways of for that. People will, will track and try to compromise you. Uh, you know, those, 
those big RF things at the front of every department store, which used to only exist for trying to detect when clothes that you steal go out the door. Right. Um, nowadays, those things have a lot more. They will always have a, a Wi-Fi scanner next to them, which scans every phone to get your Wi-Fi ID um, so that they can track you around the store. Uh, they have Bluetooth scanners, which will actually attempt a pairing so that they can try to not only uh, get your phone, but if if you have open pairing set up on your phone, which I don't think any phones do that anymore. I fucking hope not. Um, yeah, Mac address. Yeah, if, if you have open pairing, they will actually pair uh, Bluetooth to your phone so that they can listen to what you're saying at various points. And then they use the Wi-Fi to tell where you are in the store. They listen to your microphone to see what they're saying. And they use this data for marketing the devices. They're like, okay, this person went back and visited this particular rack four times. And during that time, the AI says that they said, uh, you know, everybody call honk stormy or whatever it is. The AI did. Then they, they figure out exactly what you were thinking so that they can market more stuff to you. It's not, it's not always super nefarious. It's not always, they're trying to take away your freedoms or anything. Sometimes they're just trying to get information so that when you walk out of the store an hour and a half later, if you haven't returned to buy things or you didn't buy something, they, they can send you a notification on your phone or a text message uh, and say, uh, Hey, you know, those, those pants that you were looking at for five minutes at, uh, Oh, nine 34 this morning. Um, yeah, well, uh, here's a coupon for 10% off. Please come in. Right. Usually it's not super nefarious. It's to sell you things. But what is nefarious, Proga pointed out, if this is true, that the iPhone iOS will no longer allow you to leave Bluetooth off permanently. <laughs> Yay, Apple. That's, that's awesome. Excellent. Yes. Well, this but but you can make up for it now because, uh, I mean, the iOS now has dark mode and that makes it worth it. <laughs> been waiting for dark mode everybody cheer everybody who's been waiting for dark mode you need to submit to whatever else they want to bring with that update and dc girl's absolutely right as well the technology is being used and it has been even with wi-fi and triangulation in stores where they can have like oh people were really standing in front of this display how long were they standing there what products did they stop and look at while they were walking through the store Again, not really nefarious yeah. data. They're trying and, to and market to be honest, better. A lot of them aren't even tying it. I mean, in a lot of cases, they don't honestly care that you looked at this display. But what they right. do care about is that during the course of the time the display was up, the display was up for two weeks and, uh, you know, 47 people stopped at this display for 30 seconds or more. And that is up 22% from the last display which means that this display was more effective and we send that data to our marketing psychologists and they have determined exactly which aspects of the display are better crafted to psychologically manipulate you into spending more money in their store this is actually what marketers do is their their job exists that the entire reason that the marketing profession exists is to psychologically manipulate you into walking out with their product and without your money and if you want to be psychologically manipulated then by all means go ahead and contribute to helping their advertising get better but me 
my Bluetooth is going to be off when I walk through the store. Why are you having your phone if you're going into a store? Well, to be honest, if I walk into a store, I probably don't have my phone. Not if I can avoid it. So you win. But so there's you asked me a question how to make this safer on your phone. Yes. And part of this does go That's back to Progo's screw the matrix angle, which is and a lot of people still don't realize this. I don't know how, but every app that's on your phone. So beyond, beyond getting a VPN and having your phone always use the, use the VPN, which I think is a step that everybody should do. If you can afford a cell phone and you're on the internet, something like NordVPN, again, this isn't a native ad for them. I just like their service so far. Haven't had any problems with them over the last few years. For about three bucks a yes, month. They, NordVPN already got their money from this native ad. Move on. I'm just saying that's the first thing you can do. Get a VPN. Number two, every app that's on your phone is probably calling the mothership and the mothership being whatever the app is from. If you have the Facebook app on your phone, Facebook is gathering data and it's gathering stuff. You probably have no idea it's gathering. It's not just, you know, it's not just sitting there waiting. It's it's worse than that even, but having apps is everything that you have said about security everything that you've said about trying to secure your phone uh everything about uh trying to uh route internet and trying to block websites goes out the window as soon as you install an app then it's not your phone anymore it's their phone (laughs) you'd you'd better trust whoever made that app because apps have so much permission and of course you know, there's the 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 problem. The problem with the apps, of course, is the the security. Way back in the day, it was uh, this app demands access to your your Wi-Fi, your camera, your microphone, and your firstborn child. Install yes, no, and right. Well, <laughs> that's that's looking at those permissions. Oh my God! It's like I don't get it. You're you're downloading something like, hey, I want the latest Candy Kiss game, and it's yeah. like you're you're exactly right. Well, they need access to your microphone and camera. I'm like. Fuck you. I'm playing a game. They don't we, need my microphone. Fart app. They don't need the camera access to your entire contacts database. I, I mean, you I, can I, look <laughs> on you can look on Android and see what permissions every app has. It will and, horrify you if you're not really aware. And, and more modern versions of the operating system have finally started to clue in to uh, the ability to grant granular permissions like, uh, you know, OK, I, I know this. This is a flashlight app. So grant it permission to the light but not to my contacts my phone list and my camera and microphone okay you know that that's handy but the way that a lot of these apps are now circumventing that is is saying uh we notice that we don't have permission to uh your personal bank account and uh therefore we're going to shut down the app and uh one one of uh, one of the best engineers that I ever knew, uh, a guy named uh, Larry Osterman at Microsoft. He, uh, I worked with him a lot. He he always used to call this the dancing monkey problem. He's the first person I heard it from. Uh, which at the time we were we were working on uh, Windows XP, and so phones weren't really a thing. But it was talking about uh, security on Windows, and that is uh, if you. It doesn't matter how many technological means that you take to secure something, uh, you will be defeated when somebody sends an email that says, click, run this executable to view dancing monkeys. And then the 
because the moment they it's it's about the the fact that every every security technique that you can try will be defeated by a, a social engineering one if if somebody desperately wants to see the dancing monkeys as an os maker there was nothing we could do to prevent the dancing monkey attack from working it was like one of the only attacks that that we could not mitigate right because a human can always run something the computer is not going to go nope not going to do it if if you give people the ability to compromise their operating system they will find a way to do so and uh the the only reason i was able to continue using windows was by god we gave people the ability to compromise their operating system which is good because that also means you give them the ability to control the operating system uh <laughs> these smartphone oss they're starting to learn they're starting to take away our abilities as as users uh but that that only works to a point uh if if you trust google and samsung explicitly then you're going to be perfectly fine with the the apps that come on your locked down uh samsung note galaxy whatever the hell you have i I don't even know what the names of the phones are these days i have a galaxy s10e wow aren't you special as as purchased through xfinity where service was state. No, that was circuit city where service is state of the art. I, I have the galaxy S eight as purchased through Xfinity. Uh, about the nice thing. Ago. Yeah. But, the nice thing though, is that you can with the Android devices, you can unlock them. People do have ROMs out there that you can install your basically the operating system again. And there are people that are doing the stuff that you would love, which is taking the Android operating system and stripping out all of the Google stuff that comes standard with Android and then allows you to do, you know, instead of Gmail, it would allow you to do Proton Mail or whatever else you want rather than Google Calendar, do whatever calendar you want. There, exactly. there, that is an offering, but that is above and beyond what most people are going to one want to try to deal with. Well, it's and to understand it's certainly difficult because uh, the the device makers usually will. <laughs> they'll make it difficult. They will make it so that it is really hard to put an alternating, you know, if, if you trust Samsung, if you trust Google, you are perfectly okay with using the operating system that comes on there. And that's what they want. If you don't trust Samsung, then first of all, why the hell are they going to be willing to help you out? So they lock down the bootloader. They make it really, really hard to put new software on your device. Uh, You know, Google locks down a lot of the services they make it hard to not use google and the implicit assumption is that if if you want them to help you you have to trust them and if you trust them just do what they say uh but yeah i was i was definitely about to get to or i I wanted to to mention uh some of the alternate android installations i i don't know I honestly don't know if there are alternate iOS installations because I would never give Apple any of my money, but at least with Android, uh, one of the best ones that I really like is lineage. Yes. I've run that. Um, I I am a big fan. I ran it in the past. Uh, I have to say uh, highly disappointed. If you go to uh, the lineage OS website, which is lineage OS dot something, but since I didn't write it down and I can't be bothered to do a search, you'll have to search for it yourself. Um, but it is, uh, it is an open source. It's actually the successor to cyanogen, uh, and it is an open source implementation of Android AOSP with a bunch of open source tools and all of the Google stuff ripped out. Uh, now 
that said, uh, one of the things that bothers me the most is if you look at their supported devices, they support the Samsung Galaxy X6, Galaxy S7, Galaxy S9, and S10. They Duodium points out it is lineageos.org. Uh, L-I-N-E-A-G-E-O-S.org. Thank you. Thank you. This is what the troll room is good for. Um, so, yeah, Lineage does not support my phone, <laughs> which is really disappointing. Yes. Well, which is the, this, uh, this, that the Cinegen is the one that was originally doing the Apple jailbreaks and uh, yeah, Apple, you don't have a whole new operating system. The only thing you could hope to do is have an app store. That's not controlled by Apple, but this is what I had to run. Well, didn't have to, but when the United States decided that Axon, you know, the, the ZTE phone that I had, which the phone still works freaking great that they weren't going to allow them to update the software, which I think really as a country, <laughs> thanks that you're going to take the company and not let them upgrade the software, which is just going to cause more people to get hacked and more, more problems. So thanks for that USA. But um, I took that and because well, I wanted the update, you, you boot, yeah, you got, took the bootloader, got it out, got the new thing on there, worked like a charm. And I would still have it if, Xfinity would have allowed us to bring our own Android devices because I still like the way that old ZTE phone worked. But uh, yeah, we got sucked into the Samsung thing. As we discussed in the software updates one, most of the time that you take a software update, there's one security update that you absolutely have to have. And you, when you install it, it brings along 37 feature updates, uh, two of which are going to break things horribly and four of which are going to change things in ways that you never asked for. And let me ask you a question. What is your viewpoint? On, I know Apple has their own. Android has their own. And Samsung has their own. Do you use Samsung Pay? Fuck no. <laughs> Why? Uh, okay, well, to be honest, I have not encountered any particular reason why I want it or need it. Um, I, I don't trust Samsung enough to give them any kind of personal information and by default without a really compelling reason i don't sign up for things i don't create accounts places i don't i don't use services that i don't have to this by the way is is probably the biggest otg tip i can leave you with which is that if you don't have a really really good reason for signing up for that service or creating an account on that site or something like that don't you, you don't need to not everybody needs to have an account of you um and in this case i've never encountered any particular reason why i would need samsung pay or any other kind of pay well the only intriguing thing to me is one you don't have to carry your credit cards around and i know that's not a real big thing but if you don't carry them around you don't lose them but you may need it around you know what i do carry around <laughs> would be hard your wife because she's cash. the one with obviously the, the cash and guns well, or actually, uh, i do i do tend to cart my wife all over the place and when she's around she pays for things but uh but that's I, I that is a convenience on my part that i don't expect all of you to have access to my wife i should <laughs> well <laughs> the other thing that i liked about samsung pay is the concept that when you make a payment your credit card number is never actually used. They create a temporary yeah. code. Pay, and that is the one place feature, by the way, I would agree, but I don't want to carry around cash all the time. Or there are certain times where, you know, cash doesn't really 
makes sense and that i don't see it as i'm looking at it again i'm like okay so either i'm going to put my chase card which i have a rant about chase too for them uh, locking my account the other day for fraud when i went to go buy jcd sweatshirt so hey, hey fucking teespring i guess teespring must be bad because a 55 dollar charge went to uh went to fraud and they locked the card down because of teespring yeah, don't you know, get I'm- it just saying, I've I've also never had my cash locked down for fraud. Well, that's true. And if you let me hold your cash, I will give it back to you at some point. No problem about it. So I, I do. I like, the, you know, I, I don't see that big of a difference, though, in saying, here's my Chase credit card and handing it to a waiter or putting it, you know, slipping it through a machine. You know, you're already being tracked. So having that extra level of going through Samsung, the only thing different is. I guess Samsung can see I'm spending money at Target or at the grocery store or whatever it is. And for that, I don't know if I really care for that one extra step well, again, because on, I get the extra added. Trust, do, do you trust that Samsung isn't doing anything nefarious with that information? I believe so. And I don't, well, I don't think it's any more information than what everybody else is using anyway when I make that purchase. So as long as I'm not paying cash, I don't see a difference between a credit card and using Samsung Pay again, except for the fact that Samsung Pay doesn't actually give the merchant my credit card number, which I think would actually make for less fraud. But maybe I'm wrong about that. That's I understand you're adding that extra step in there, but I guess like a VPN, if you trust the company that's handling that, maybe you're getting more security rather than less. Well, I- from a consumer point of view, credit cards, the, there's a long history. You generally know what to expect. And uh, uh, possibly more importantly, there are a lot of consumer protection laws around credit cards, whereas uh, a lot of these really new forms of payment, there's not a lot of laws to protect you, which means that if you get into a really terrible situation or the company turns out to be untrustworthy, which I know is unusual for big companies in Silicon Valley, but bear with me. Uh, <laughs> if if you do get into that kind of situation there's a lot fewer laws uh, to protect you and a lot uh you know like with credit cards there is there's actually the guarantee that if you if somebody fraudulently uses your credit card yeah you're going to be really inconvenienced by a bunch of time on the phone but you're not going to be liable for more than a certain amount of that money if if you can you know if you can demonstrate that it was fraud um, right. And, and most credit card companies, it, it, to be honest, uh, most of the banks that issue credit cards, uh, if you call them and say it's fraud, uh, you're out a, a phone call and maybe 25 bucks and, and they'll just turn the whole charge around. And it, it, it is actually a very powerful uh, recourse that people have. So, so when, whenever a new company comes up with a brand new way of paying, uh, yeah, you might think about all of the possible ways that a payment could go horribly, horribly wrong and think about, okay, well, how am I protected if this happens? Now, all of that said, taking the other side, um, to be honest, I've never heard of Samsung uh, completely shutting off somebody's ability to engage in commerce because of retarded fucking SJW reasons, which puts them <laughs> about 25 steps above MasterCard, the motherfuckers. Right. Yeah, I agree. And this, the weird thing with the Samsung phones that I didn't know is they're the first ones, it appears, when it comes to this payment stuff, that will also, besides using the NFC, that's what you ever see, and people see on the phone a lot of times, they don't know what it is, 
turning NFC on and off. It's the near field communications, which is the technology that's used in almost all of these things. When you touch your phone up against the payment device, that's how it transfers the data back and forth. Samsung is the first and only one at this point, I believe, from what I've read, that even on a device that doesn't have the tap to pay, if it has a thing where you can swipe your credit card, the Samsung phone will send out a magnetic signal that will fool those devices into thinking a credit card has been swiped, which is genius at one level. And I've read stories of people that had been yelled at by what's that? Oh, I, your, your, your idea of it will fool the devices. It, it makes it sound like you're exploiting a security vulnerability. Well, that's if you read stories, there are people like at stores that have like yelled at people that have done this because they're like, we don't take tap. This is fraud. We don't take the tap to pay. But because the Samsung phone puts out, you know, and does the whole thing that makes the device think it simulates the credit card swipe. It works and it freaks cashiers out. And there, for that alone, I would like to do it. There, there was a time a few years ago when I was looking at the trend of, of phones getting smaller and thinner and thinner that I actually, I, I made the prediction that at some point phones are going to be thin enough that you can just swipe the phone through the credit card slot. Yeah, that would be completely genius as well. But now you need the, the little, uh, the little RFID things or whatever those chips are that you have to put into the device so it can read those for extra security. and. All of that extra stuff, which is also a pain in the ass to me, it seems. And again, I understand convenience and privacy and all this. But as far as pulling out a credit card, sticking it into a machine and having it sit there and it, when it reads those chips, it seems like it takes at least 15 seconds. When I use the Samsung Pay, boom, it's done, baby. And they don't have my credit card number. So needless to say, I'm not totally OTG yeah. or anywhere probably I, near close to it. And and I know it's a good tip. Uh, so to answer your question, why don't I use Samsung pay? Because, uh, all of the benefits of Samsung pay that you just described, where, uh, it allows you to pay for things at a, at a register and, uh, the, the merchant doesn't have your credit card number. Uh, those are also benefits of cash, which I do carry with me because that is still, and, and call me an old geezer if you want, that is still how I prefer to pay for things. It has lots of benefits. Go listen to our cashless episode to hear them. So now, you know, the next time you see Sir Ryan Bemrose at a meetup, he will be carrying cash. Feel free to roll him if you can. Yes. And also, um, just in case you were wondering, and we'll, we'll cover this on another future episode of Grumpy Old Ben's. I live in a state which has concealed carry. (laughs) So there could be risks at trying to roll Sir Ryan Bemrose is what you're saying. But with this OTG thing, there is no easy answer. I don't believe anybody that lives in a metropolitan area can be totally OTG. It is just the point that you can take steps to do things to keep from being tracked. And you can make these choices like I have there. I'm going to be tracked when I use a credit card anyway. So I don't see the between the difference between that and Samsung pay. I do agree with you. You're absolutely right. I'm a, I'm a whole lot less trackable sorry, rather than using my phone again. I never get tired of it. Yeah. Right. Me. I was absolutely wrong about you, um, about using, you know, cash, uh, it would seem to be the most untrackable way to go. Although if you'd use cash at like home Depot, now they're facial recognition. They know who I am the minute I walk in the door. So if you're going to use cash, here's what I would recommend. Well, if you, if you, if you, if you facial recognition, here's a really shitty tip, which is, uh, 
you go find somebody on the street and you carve their face off and you wear it over your own. Well, I was going to suggest any store you go into, wear a ski mask and uh, walk in better and also less suspicious. <laughs> yes, completely less uh, suspicious. So you walk in with the ski mask and that way the facial recognition is taken care of and then you can pay with cash safely. The old Benz does not condone killing hobos on the street and wearing their faces like a mask. But that was exactly what you just suggested. But I guess you're not recommending. You're just saying it's a possibility. I said ski mask. That seemed a whole lot safer. (laughs) Or, you know, big glasses. You know, you wear some big glasses, wear a fake nose. Yes. Do something that can get rid of this facial recognition. Because I mean, this is getting to a scary point when stores. When we first talked about this stuff. And like DC girl was talking about where if you have your phone, they can see where you go in a store and what you looked at. The weird thing is we're using facial recognition now that you could walk back into a Home Depot three months after you first looked at the lawnmower or whatever you were thinking of buying. And because of facial recognition, now you don't even have to have your phone with you that if you walk back into one of their stores and they're using facial recognition, they see you looking at the same. I mean, it's. It is a huge invasion of privacy, but the problem is we don't control this anymore. There are some states that are trying. Oddly enough, California was one of the big ones. I I am actually pleased, uh, especially in the last month or two, uh, you are starting to see a bigger and bigger backlash against the proliferation of facial recognition technologies. And I think that, uh, you know, I mean, as with every really creepy Silicon Valley technology, uh, you know, the, the first thing that happens is the technology gets rolled out. It starts to go out widely and then people all stop and go, whoa, that's a little bit creepy. Uh, does anybody here remember Google Glass? Was yes. The glasses that you wore on your face that basically had a camera connected to the mothership 24-7. That was creepy as hell. And those don't really exist, at least not as a consumer product anymore. Why? Because there was a pretty crazy backlash against it. People going, you know, actually, no, you know, they're like bars who would, they would say, I'm sorry, you can't wear that in here and you'll be asked to leave if you're wearing it. Uh, that, that sort of backlash against technology is one of the, the few things that still gives me faith in humanity. And I'm seeing the same thing with facial recognition. Now that said, give it another five, 10 years, the Overton window will move a little bit and everybody will be perfectly okay with it. It seems to be the way things go, but at least we'll get well, a couple it, years of people backing off and trying to evaluate what is the right balance rather than the, the gung ho charge forward. We record everything period. Fuck you attitude that Silicon well, Valley always starts with. They'll all be okay with it. If it just solves the problem of climate change and global warming technology, save us. Save us, please. I'm not convinced that climate change is a strong enough. No, the the way that you normalize a technology like this is I I don't think that I don't think climate change is a powerful enough motivator. What is a powerful enough motivator is the moment that somebody comes out with uh, a way to make your life more convenient by using face tracking. And I think that, that, I mean, if your goal is to normalize this kind of invasive technology, then the right track is things like the airlines at airports 
who are saying, you don't even have to have a boarding pass. You don't have to carry around this unwieldy piece of paper. All you have to do is look directly into the camera so that we can track your face. And then you can just get on the plane without even showing a piece of paper. How convenient is that? Well, it is kind of. Well, that sounds is. awesome. That's that's what <laughs> people. That's that is how you get air. That is how you push facial recognition on the population. Is you make you, you tie it to some kind of modern convenience that they can't live without. Because as we've already discussed multiple times, convenience trumps security. People will always look at. Should I be secure? Nah, because security is not convenient. Well, that is absolutely true. And that's how this technology always gets pushed. And then nobody thinks about how it can be used nefariously when it seems like it can only be used to make things better. And they don't realize that all of your shopping habits or something like that can be used as a fingerprint, as we've talked about before. If you go on the lamb, I mean, really, if you could try at this point to go on the lamb and try to go off the grid and you really want to try not to be found it dude, goes way beyond ditching your cell phone dude i know it you're goes, irish but i'm not sure i want to know what you're doing with that lamb <laughs> i'm the lamb man it's a saying go look it up um but if you really want to get off the grid and you don't want to be found don't go buy the shit you used to buy at the supermarket wherever you're hiding don't go into the store yeah. and get the same combination of things because that will send up a red flag which is, I, I don't think people realize that just like we talked about in the one episode of all the fonts and your screen size and everything on your computer that can fingerprint you out in the wild. The fact that you always buy, you know, ding dongs, ho-hos and Mountain Dew code red. They're going to be like, oh, Ugh. it's that guy. Well, yeah, but, but if that's what you're buying, then you're going to die on your own. So they don't really have to track you. <laughs> your heart's going to be racing really fast and you're going to be really overweight. Too much caffeine and sugar. They're like, we don't have to chase him. He won't even be able to get off the couch after that diet. <laughs> but that is the kind of stuff where it seems like, oh, yeah, it seems great because your supermarket that you always go to and we get it at the supermarket that we go to when you buy certain things, they if you if you don't buy it for like a week or two, they're giving you a coupon when you check out the coupons are printed specifically for you when you're checking out. So, you know, the system's going. Oh, well, they used to buy XYZ and they haven't bought that for a while. So, hey, let's give them a coupon. Yeah, it's really and people go, well, this is great because I'm saving money. And then you sit down and go, wait, they're tracking everything I buy the and way, they're paying attention. Coupons are just about the most unfucking welcome thing ever. If you find if you're trying to go on a diet. <laughs> well, that's true, too, because, hey, no, no, you can have this. It's it's free. It's it's yeah. cheap. It's you need to get you back on the we need to get you back on the juice. It's all you need. You go through. You got all of your stuff from the produce department. You got your healthy choices, your low fat diet. And then suddenly it prints up a bunch of coupons for haagen like uh, that must be for someone else. That wasn't me. But it is interesting, the amount of data that is out there. And that's really what we're talking about now off the grid when we were kids off the grid was thought of for like criminals and stuff like that people who didn't want to be found by anybody that was off the grid that was the concept if somebody were to be like hey you went off the grid you couldn't find them you didn't know where they were and now unfortunately the overton window has pushed us to where off the grid means well maybe they can't totally track us and everything we're doing and everything we're saying and everything we're buying 
we can hide like 50% of that from them. We are OTG, man. Yeah. It's a well, different if, concept. If, if you ever find, if you find yourself being persecuted by the government, then uh, I, I'm sorry for you because even 15 years ago, it was possible to get lost in one of these cities. And nowadays you pretty much can't. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is also the reason networks that, that the cops are so excited about, for example. And it's easy to sell. It's easy to sell this again, using emotional manipulation, yes. which is you want us to catch the murderers in your neighborhood, don't you? Yeah. Or, or, or you, you want to be notified whenever somebody is at your door to drop off a package. Don't you? Well, I mean, yeah, no, I don't need the notification at work. And also, uh, I'm not picking up that package until I get home anyway. So the notification doesn't do me anything, but goddamn, is it convenient? Isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. And that is, that is the pushback when you want to try getting a little bit more privacy. If you want to go a little bit more off the grid, you do give up some conveniences. There's no doubt about it. Um, and some of those you're more than willing to take, you know, some of those trade-offs, but also understand again, with all of the apps, I'm along with Sir Bemrose on this one, that any app that you're putting on your phone is probably sending data back on you that you do not know or you do not want. So always be careful with any app. It could be a stupid little game. It could be a Wi-Fi analyzer. It could be anything that you have no, you know, looks, if this is another thing, go to any of these hacker sites, these security sites that talk about the number of programs that have made it more so to the Android store, but it still happens to the iTunes stores products that had to be removed because they were later found to have nefarious payloads. That is, I guess, one of the biggest problems with an app culture of millions of apps that people just download because they're free, man. Yeah. And they don't realize I I need to, I I need to just throw out my, my one bit of advice and, and this is, it's, it's not easy advice to follow, but at least it's easy to remember. And that is that whenever you go to install an app on your phone, on your device, whatever. Don't, you don't need the app. I don't care what they say they're going to do. You don't need the fucking uninstall that stop. Get away from the, get off the play store, uninstall that app. No, you don't want your app. No apps are bad. Apps compromise everything about your privacy. Apps will track you. They will compromise you. Oh, and I, I believe we covered this in a previous show, but you were saying, well, you know, you launch the Facebook app and Facebook knows all about you. It's you don't have to launch the Facebook app. You don't even need a goddamn Facebook profile. Every app that it, this this actually was a story a while back. Every app that has access to the Facebook SDK, every app that has the ability to connect to Facebook or use Facebook ads or anything like that, they link in to a thing called the Facebook SDK, which is a set of programs that are brought into the app, which exist for using Facebook services. If an app that connects to the Facebook SDK is on your phone, then every time that that app is launched, which in a lot of cases, the app can just say, run me silently at phone boot, run me every 10 minutes. Just, just wake up the app in the background where you can't see it every 10 minutes. And then the app will launch. and maybe. 
it's actually designed to pull your garage door to see if it's open, which is a very convenient thing. I mean, you never know. Uh, back in the 80s and 90s, garage doors were opening themselves randomly all over the world. So this really solves a solid problem that you need is you need to know that your fucking garage door is not opening by itself. So you've got an app that every fucking 10 minutes it wakes up and does that. But this app also has a convenient uh, option that allows if you have your Facebook account, then every time your garage door opens on its own, it will go and post to Facebook that, hey, you know, my garage door open. And if anybody happens to be in the neighborhood, could you close it? And also, I'd really appreciate if you don't steal stuff out of my garage. And okay, it does that. But now the fact that the app has the ability to the ability to connect to Facebook means that even if you don't log into Facebook, even if you don't even have a Facebook account, every time that app wakes up every 10 minutes, it is sending information to Facebook. You don't have any control over that. Uh, if, if your location data is on and uh, arguably if it's not on, although again, we don't have proof of that, it will send your location to Facebook. It will send your uh, you know, current state of mind to Facebook. It'll send whatever you, oh, I don't know what information it, it's a ridiculous blob of information that just any app that has ever connected to the Facebook that has the ability to connect to the Facebook SDK is sending these things. This has been demonstrated. It has been looked up. And how do you, the get best way this though, kind of tracking on your phone. All you did was install your stupid garage door app. So apps bad in general, if you if you think about installing an app on your phone, don't do it. Uh, you know your your bank has an app. Well, you know what else your bank has? It has a goddamn website. If your uh, your Instagram, well, actually, you shouldn't be using Instagram. That's Facebook. But your social networks, they all have apps. Everything has an app, but you don't need it. If you can use a website, use the damn website. If you you know if you buy a juice machine that only functions with an app then well first of all what the fuck go take that juice machine out and hit it with a sledgehammer that's probably more useful than than using it as a juice machine but I, i'm just saying every time that you install an app on your phone you are compromising your security well you can go to grumpyoldbens.com right now for our latest app which is available on android itunes and windows phone you once you once asked me and said uh, you know do you know how to make apps yeah well would you ever consider making a grumpy old ben's app no. <laughs> well, I suggested that when the app was open, it was just you berating them for installing the app. I think that would have been genius. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. What are you doing? Why did you install this? Didn't you listen to the show? The last piece you of were advice, not, the last piece of advice. Social that, score is lower. We're, we're hitting the end of this and I need to get through my notes. I hate it when I have notes left that we didn't talk about, especially after two hours. Uh especially is, after you said you had no notes. I yeah. <laughs> I I'm a notorious liar. You know that, right? I've heard that. <laughs> um, biometrics. Uh, don't use them. Use a password or a pin. Uh, I, 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 did we do a show on biometrics? I think there was a security thing there. Yeah, we didn't do a whole show on that, but I would say it, it may be worthy of, of looking at just for a variety of different reasons well, there's, for, there's uh, and why a, this isn't good for security. Yeah, There's a thing called a non-repudiation attack, which uh, biometrics are uh well it, it, it's technical and actually i'm probably going to get it wrong so i'm not going to describe uh but here's the simple reason why you should not be using biometrics for anything and this by the way includes things like facial recognition as your uh as any kind of authentication 
uh, you should not use biometrics for authentication because when that database gets compromised, and this isn't if, this is when, just go look at any, go look at the stream of news stories about databases getting compromised left and right and center everywhere. When that database gets compromised, uh, if it's a database of passwords, then your password is out there and they'll send you back and say, you need to change your password because it's out in the wild. But if a database of fingerprints or facial recognition points gets compromised, uh, what are they going to do? Tell you to please change your face. Please change your fingerprints. Change your face, yo. You, you yeah. can't. The, the, once a database of you know, thumbprint authentication gets compromised, you can't change your thumbprint. That's just out there permanently. So trying to use biometrics for authentication is really dangerous because these companies that keep databases of authentication methods can't keep their shit secure. <clears throat> uh, and they never will be able to. Oh, actually, the other reason why uh, you want to use a password or a pin only and not use biometrics is if you ever do something really stupid, like try to cross a border, uh, the at least in the United States, the U.S. Border Patrol has been given free reign by the Supreme Court that if you if you get into your phone by a thumbprint, all they have to do is grab your finger, whether or not you're still attached to it, and press it to your phone, and they have access to everything on your phone no matter what. However, uh, the Supreme Court has determined that you still cannot be compelled to give up a password or a PIN. Now, they might have other Which means getting into your phone, but why make it easy? And if you really want to be good in that, if you really want to use the fingerprint to turn your phone on, if you've got an Android phone, there are apps <laughs> and there are ways that will allow you to password protect your individual program. So that also is a way to go. But yes, I would agree. The first step would be to keep them off the phone entirely. And if uh, the fingerprint will let them do that, yeah, probably not good. So overall, if you want to be as safe as you can in a world, if you want to think that you're a little bit OTG, there are a variety of ways you can go. One, go back and get a flip phone and then and not have any of the tubes. And you're going to be quite OTG at that point. Landline yeah. We'll get a phone that's that's well, they can track you with that. I mean, then they have to know where <laughs> well, you yeah, are. They know where you are. But let's get a let's just get a a burner flip phone with no smartphone capabilities. Then you're really OTG. I mean, they yeah. can still triangulate you, there's but you can turn it off. U.S. is not one you of can them, throw but there's away. Still a lot of countries now where you are not allowed to get a SIM card without giving personal information that they can track you with because of the burner. Well, it's phone. getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's getting worse and worse. I mean, there was a time when the Internet first started, and I'm sure this is going to come up uh, at some point to even get on the Internet. They wanted like a government login that if you don't have like your driver's license, you would need something to prove who you were before you even were able to access the internet and just wait but for that kind of craziness still trying to, to do that. Yeah. But so besides that, that's how you can do it with the phones. You can go the Adam Curry route and be, have a little bit of smartphone ability with, if you can get something like an iPhone five and add the software to it that blocks all of their usual tracking stuff. I mean, so there are ways to get slightly on the, the grid. You can go the Sir Bemrose route and alienate everybody who would ever want to call you so that there's really nobody you need to talk to. And then you don't have to carry a device. That's true, too. At home, I would suggest still a VPN of one sort or another and be aware of all the devices that you have that are talking to the cloud. Usually it's pretty easy right now because you have to give them your Wi-Fi password. Again, set up a secondary router that's only on a VPN that doesn't touch the rest of your network. 
But there are actually devices coming out now, which is they talked about it in the SIM jacker thing. There are some devices that have SIM cards in them that will talk to the cell network and people have no idea that that is sending out information. So it's getting very, very hard. Did we do the the off the grid episode or did we just talk about it? We've talked about it. We haven't actually done one. So I guess that's also on the list. There's some, there's some (laughs) really good information. I, I actually wrote up notes for an episode we haven't done yet. There's wow. So that is going to be a good one of things. So yeah, short, that's short what you answer, can do. I don't have any, I don't have any wifi connected light bulbs in my house. That's good. So nobody can turn your lights out without flipping the switch. Cause that's so very hard to do. And when you're out and about, I really don't have any suggestions besides locking your phone down or going out with a phone. That's not a smartphone or going out and besides a putting a right. Or doing that. If you're going to go out with the phone, get one that doesn't have a internet connection to it or you know, do as what you can to block a phone like an iPhone five down. But besides the phone, I have absolutely no recommendations. I, I, what can you do to stay away from the ring doorbells? What can you do to stay away from the traffic cameras that are tracking your license plate as you drive through town? What can you do to stop the stores that are taking your image as you, the minute you walk in and they're trying to match that to your previous shopping experiences, you can do nothing short of wearing a disguise and i don't think most people are going to do that well if you're going to do that then it helps to be somewhere like norway where uh it's so cold outside that everybody has to have the big face covering masks it does make it easier to be anonymous i suppose and you can go with the ryan bemrose just pay cash where where half the population is actually legally required to wear a mask out in public wonder how that facial but i think that works there i think they're required to have an rfid chip implanted in them That'll that'll be coming soon too. Just wait until the government just you know chips your kid when they're born for for their convenience to for their health, so we can track and make sure they have no bad diseases. And if they do, we can fix it, man. Oh, yeah, oh. it's gonna it's not going to be good. It's not good. Yep. I have I have a, an interesting bonus anecdote. Uh, I was in downtown Seattle the other day, and uh, I, were you I forced or? Yes, it, it 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 was a terrible experience, and I don't want to relive it, but. There was a public toilet thing. Like, I mean, it wasn't quite a porta potty, but it was like one step above that. You know how, whenever there's only one hole, uh, there will be the, the male and female symbol next to each other. Uh, this one just had a, an androgynous figure and it said gender neutral on it. And I, I, I did not have my phone with me or would have taken a picture of this. I thought it was awesome. but. About 15 feet away on the sidewalk, there was a pile of human shit. <laughs> Welcome to downtown Seattle, where you too can shit on the street and get a coffee at 4,000 Starbucks. Yes, <laughs> but but each of those Starbucks now requires you to buy a fucking coffee before you can use the bathroom. They've gotten a little bit smarter with that, although you could buy one coffee and sit in there for 12 hours and use their Wi-Fi, which, which, which is I'm sure that's a great business actually model. actually a disturbing positive feedback loop because the more coffee you need, the more times that you need to use the bathroom and the more times you need to use the bathroom, the more coffee you have to buy. And they will give you free refills of just normal coffee. So you could just sit in there, buy one cup of coffee and go to town. That's a little pro tip to do, annoy everybody at Starbucks. Or maybe they want you to. I, I will never understand their business model. And even better than that bathroom thing, I did see a bar was taking some crap for <laughs> changing the signs on their male and female doors. 
yes one of instead of having it written you know man woman and however these bathrooms normally do or like you said the usual symbols that you see on one door they had a picture of bruce jenner on the other caitlin jenner oh my I god thought that was genius that that was that genius awesome. that those like, are the kind of people yeah. i like yeah those are the kind can't of laugh they get it or or if they don't even if they don't get it because i'm not sure what there is to get they can at least laugh at it and that that is a valuable skill in today's society the ability to yeah, laugh especially about the retardation because it's either that or you have to rant like sir bemrose yeah and if you want to sit down and think about your privacy and going off the grid and how easy it is to do that you almost have to laugh at that too because a majority of the people are never going to do it never going to take a step never going to even at least if you know about this now you're way further ahead than most people who have no idea their phones are spying on them nonstop. their grocery stores are spying on them every place you go in is spying and taking data making you the data and for god's sake don't use a free vpn but you're you're way further ahead just knowing this stuff is going on to try to make a little changes that you can do than the people who just keep loading up their phones with all the apps, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, all the games and the free VPNs and everything that's promising them free, 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 everything in life eternal. And uh, I have no illusion that, that two ranty assholes on the internet are going to change anybody's opinion. But if you go ahead and listen to this, hopefully uh, best case scenario, you're you're at least going to have a better idea of what risks are being taken and what is happening to you when you do uh, basically what you're sacrificing for the benefit of all that convenience. And if it makes you at least think about it for a moment, then then I think we've we've provided some value to your time out on the street. And that's all we can do. All we, we're hoping to do here is just scare the hell out of you just a little bit and make you think twice before downloading that Facebook app. Or if you haven't done so yet, delete that Facebook app. Because I think a lot of people install these in these apps as well and then never look at them again. Do a little bit of housekeeping on your phone right now. You'll feel better. Look at all of the apps that you downloaded that you no longer use and realize every one of them might be sending your data back to the mothership. Delete the ones you're not using and really question if you need the ones that are on there as it is any other words of wisdom um buy high sell low no, buy high it. you're you're backwards i think or is that just how you've lived your life and it's, it's worked? <laughs> or, or maybe i'm suggesting that playing the stock market requires you to be on drugs i'm i i don't judge it makes it a lot more fun. So, hey, that's a little bit of advice. If there's anything we missed, feel free to reach out to us, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at GrumpyOldBenz.com or Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at GrumpyOldBenz.com. We'd love the feedback. We love hearing from you. And we appreciate you listening to Grumpy Old Benz, the grumpiest podcast on the No Agenda stream. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac or I may not be off the grid, but I ain't in the matrix either, man. And coming to you from America's left coast, where we have so much equality that all 71 genders can shit on the same sidewalk. I'm Ryan Bemrose. No, there's like a hundred genders now.